Let's check this out in James 5, verse 19. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from the wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. At the end of that, we, we see the question, which friend are you? Um, and it, it really makes you think. A, a lot of times we, we know in our hearts that the, the friend that we should be is, is the guy that's calling out saying, hey, you're, you're going the wrong way. Hey, you're not on the right path. Hey, you're, you're about to be in a lot of trouble. This is not the way to go. Um, you're a sinner or, or don't do that. Um, and then there's, there's that other side, that, that new theology that we have of just in, encouraging people and, and no matter what they're doing. And that's a real thing. I, I don't know if y'all um, experience that with, with what y'all go through every day in, in the, the environment that you're in, but, but there's a, a lot of parents that are, that are raising their kids to just, you know, you're doing great. It's just all encouragement, and there's a lot of, a lot of people uh, because I, I experience it myself sometimes. I mean, even in, even in youth ministry, there's, there's some days where I want to be more of a friend then I want to be a youth pastor, and, and I, I know that a lot of people are the same way, that they just want to be liked. And the, the truth is, is if I say to the, the students, you know, hey, you're not, you're not supposed to be doing that, then they're going to be mad at me. I mean, you all experience that every day, and um, the truth is, no matter who it is that, that you're talking to, if, you, if you're shouting, hey, don't do that, um, they're, they're not, you're not going to be their favorite person. But, but that's a... I feel like that's a very temporal perspective, and so like we, we see all throughout Scripture, and there's just one verse here in, in Matthew twenty five forty six, and it says, and, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life, and the, and the key thing there is that, that eternity. I, I feel like a lot of times it's so easy for us to encourage people. It's so easy for us not to, not to, to just stop them from walking off the ledge if you will because we don't necessarily see the the eternity we we look at the next 80 years uh we look at the the life that we have here and we think oh yeah they're they're gonna be okay they're they're gonna figure it out uh they don't need me telling them this or telling them that and but the reality is like when when we start to see things the way that god sees things when we start to see things with that eternal perspective it it changes everything because when when I see people struggling with sin, it's not a matter of are they going to get through the end of the day. It's, it's a matter of, of eternity. It's not just the here and now that we need to be looking at, but the there and then. And, and even if they, they do someday uh, run across somebody that actually loves them and actually cares enough about them to stop them from, from, on that, from continuing down that path that leads to death and destruction, they're still missing an opportunity right here and right now to invest into eternity. They're still missing that opportunity to invest into eternal life opposed to just wandering through life on the, on the wrong track, feeling good about everything that they're doing because the people that have been put in their life are just patting them on the back saying, great job, great job, because we don't necessarily understand what they're going through or whatever it is, but the reality, the reality is, is that I don't have to understand your exact struggle all I need to understand is who Christ is because it, it's Christ is the answer. The, the struggle that people are going through, that's not the issue. The only thing that is relevant is that Christ is the answer and that we should be pushing people towards Christ. And so 
when we think about which friend are you, I, I love this verse. Like it, it plays in perfect with the video where it says, my dear brothers and sisters, the, the first one up there at the top in James, it says, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from the wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. That's incredible. I I have an opportunity to be a part of what God is doing in the lives of so many people. I, I tell the students all the time, if you're not a part of the solution, then you're a part of the problem. That guy didn't push him over the ledge, but he was 100% a part of the problem by allowing it to happen, by just watching him go over the edge. Um, and we do that all the time. We, we think that we're not a part of the problem, and we think that everything's okay, because we're not saying, hey, run off the cliff, hey, go, go do this sinful thing or go do that sinful thing. But by not being a part of the solution, we are a part of the problem. We are enabling people to wander on that lost path. We are helping them get closer and closer to hell. Uh, the reality is, like, if, if you're not helping somebody know Christ, then you're helping somebody go to hell. And that's a, that's a sad place to be. Like, that's a scary place to be. And a lot of times, we just don't think about it. A lot of times, we're looking at the, the next 80 years, and we're not necessarily thinking about the forever and forever. We're not necessarily... Um, looking at it with a, an eternal perspective, if you will. And so to be able to see that threat is a, is a big issue and, and not to be able to ignore it uh, because it's so easy. It's so easy to think, well, it's going to be okay. Well, we just need to encourage them. Well, it's, uh, it's not really my place to tell them not to do this or not to do that. It's not really my place to tell them they, they shouldn't be on that path or that they're on the wrong path. And, and so we take a back seat. We kind of back up and we, we rationalize the whole idea. And it, it's, that's what it is. It's rational lies um, from, from Satan. Like we, we tell ourselves that it, it's not that big of a deal, but it's eternity in hell. It's a huge deal. When, when you look at it that way, like, like, that's a that's a big deal like we're not talking about somebody just having a bad day we're talking about somebody having a bad eternity and so many times we we look at it from just a, a temporal perspective and we don't see that real threat and it, it's easy to see here like nobody in their right mind would not say something to the blind guy because we see the threat so easily in the video when we're sitting on the edge of the cliff there and we're looking out at, at God's incredible creation and, and this blind guy comes and starts walking toward the edge of the cliff it, it's so easy for us to see that threat but in the world that we live in and, and the the masquerade that's going on and and the the way that, that Satan has tricked so many of us with that, that cleverness, we don't see the threat as much as we should. It's not as, as prevalent as somebody actually walking off of a cliff. But if you, if you look at it with a, an eternal perspective instead of a temporal perspective, if you plan for not just the next 80 years, but, but planning for eternity and, and thinking of the forever endeavor, and then understanding that there, there is an eternity in heaven or there is an eternity in hell, that threat becomes a lot more real. Like that threat becomes something that, that we can see a lot more because the, the whole idea of somebody liking me is, is nowhere near like relevant when you start thinking of 
this person might actually go to hell. Like this, this person that I've been ignoring, this person that, that works with me every day, or this person that goes to school with me every day, or, or this person that lives in my house, uh, I, I, I ignore it and I ignore it and I think it's going to be okay and it's going to be okay. But, but when we start to look at that person is going to be in heaven or that person is going to be in hell, it, it should change things. Like it, it immediately changes the way that, that you address whatever that situation is and, and how to encourage them to get back on the, on the path that they need to be on. And, and so in, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, it says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sin, in sexual sin, or worship idols, or commit adultery, or are male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, drunkards, abusive, or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but... You were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, and by the Spirit of our God. The, the reality is, is that Christ is the only way, that, that calling out on the name of God, that is the only path that we need to be on. And there, there are so many times when we encourage other people and they're, they're not on that path. There are so many times where, where we just let them go. You know what I mean? Like, just just by letting somebody do something and, and not saying something about it uh, is is all the encouragement a lot of people need and and don't get confused a, a lot of people a lot of people get get so so lost in this part where where we address the sin and not necessarily address the relationship with God um, next door the the students that that we work with the students in this city and the students everywhere. Um, and that, that's just my life, but, and y'all know it too, I mean, just the, the people, the, the depravity, the, the sin, the, the wickedness, like, it, it's everywhere in this world, and it's so easy to get people to, to stop drinking, or to stop smoking, or to stop cussing, like, we, we see people that are, like, at church, or we see people at our schools, or, or at work, or whatever it is, and, and the, the sin is so clear, the, their filthy mouths, and the, the, the abusive language, just the, the sin, uh, it's so clear, and, and that's, the, that's the first thing that a lot of people want to address, but it, it's not the issue at all. Uh, the issue is a, a, re- a lack of a relationship with Christ. I, I tell the students next door, um, if, if you're smoking, like if, if you're smoking cigarettes, I, I can get you to stop smoking, but that's only going to get you to hell, and you're just going to smell better when you get there. Um, like it it doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like, like if, if I can get every person in that building next door, even every person in this room here to, to not sin anymore, like starting right now, no more sin. Like if, if I could just preach my little heart out or follow you around all day and, and just help you not to sin, it doesn't do anything. Like it would absolutely be irrelevant. You would still go to hell without a relationship with Christ. So then why do we address the issue of the sin? Like, why is the sin such a big deal? Why do we make that the main thing? Because there's no point in majoring in the minors because the, the major issue is, is their heart. The major issue is the lack of a relationship with Christ. And, and we go through that all the time next door. And, and a lot of people think that, like, if, if you look at it... Um, 
you could be accused of being the, the guy that's just encouraging, but, but in reality, we, we've got to see the real issue. We, we've got to see that the problem is not the, the sin that's in this world. The, the problem is the, the separation between us and God, and, and sin does do that. Like we're, we're separated from God because of the sin that's in our life, but that's, that's already done. Now the, the way to get back to that, the way to get back to Christ, the way to get back on the right track and not to wander from the truth is by calling out on the name of Christ, by calling out on the name of the Lord. And, and so many times you have tried at, at work and, and at home and at schools and, and everywhere that you go, trying not to... <laughs> I thought he was asleep. I was about to come off the stage, dude. I was about to... Woo! <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. I put a lot of work into this. There ain't going to be nobody sleeping or not paying attention, all right? I'm telling you, it's not fair that I'm up here and you're out there. I'm, go ahead, go to sleep, see how that works. Way too many times y'all have tried to do, or, or many people, I, I don't really know y'all, I don't know what y'all do all day, but, but a, a lot of people try to, to be a good Christian, to, to be this guy that, that James talks about, to be the dear brother or sister that brings somebody back from that path, that brings somebody back from that sinful situation that they're in, to bring somebody back from wandering away from the truth. And we do that by addressing the sin. We, we so righteously go to somebody and we're like, you got to quit doing this. You know, like we have an intervention because somebody's an alcoholic or we, we start stealing everybody's cigarettes and throwing them away so that they can't smoke them anymore. And, and that's, that's where we catch, a, we catch a lot of resistance. Because the, the real issue that we should be focused on, the, the real problem, the real, the real separation from Christ is, is the separation from Christ. Like the, the real issue is that we don't have a relationship with Christ or they don't have a relationship with Christ. And, and so if, if you can get them to stop smoking or if you can get them to stop drinking or if you can get them to stop doing whatever it is that they're doing that's not right, then good for you. <laughs> Yeah, that's great, but you've done nothing. Like if, if we haven't gotten them into a relationship with Christ, then we've, we've done nothing. And so there's really no point in even addressing that issue. When, when I pull up, I, I kid you not, I pulled up the other night out here and, and they, they're, they're not real smart. Uh, but I, I, I pulled up outside out here just to just kind of hang out. We play basketball out there and stuff in the afternoons. And um, there, were, there were some teenage-looking people out there, and they, they just had stuff that they didn't need to have just, just sitting out there. It was just there. Um, but I, I just walked up and sat down. Like, they tried to hide it. Like, I get out of my truck, and they scatter like rats and, and try to, like, cover it up and, and hide their hide their sin, you know, like to, to hide what they're doing. And they, they almost expect you to get out of the truck and, and just go off on them. And, and instead, like, I, I just go and sit down. Like, there's these little chairs out there, and, and I, I just start that, that relationship, you know, just to, just to talk to them, to get to know them. And, and it, it's fun because they're, they're, like, squirming. They're like, did he see it? Does he know? And some of them know me well enough to know that I know. Um, 
which is, which is great, but but with that, like, like getting to sit there and, and have a conversation and, and to actually be able to say the words, you know, I can throw your beer away, but that's not going to help you get any closer to Christ. I could, I could get rid of all the beer in the world, and it would not solve the issue that you don't have a relationship with Christ. And, and that's the key. And we, we miss it so many times. We're, we're so focused because that's easy. You know what I mean? It's so easy for me to walk up here and throw away a, a bunch of beer. Like, it's so easy for me to say, you shouldn't be smoking. It's so simple to address that, that issue that we can see, but it's the unseen that's actually relevant. It's the unseen that is the big issue that, that makes the big difference because it's the heart that that needs to change not the not the actions like the actions will happen like if if they start a relationship with christ everything else goes away and we we use an analogy next door it's like when when you're in high school you and you've got all your friends and then you meet that that girl or that guy and your friends just kind of drift away because you you've started a different relationship and, and you never set out to get rid of your friends you just simply started a different relationship and those friends were just not as important anymore. Those friends just weren't as relevant anymore. They weren't a part of what was going on here. And so many times we, we think we have to get rid of our sin. We, we, we do this thing where we are, we've got to get right and then we go to God. But that's, that's not the way that it works. Like repentance is all about, it's turning from sin, but it's more turning to God. Because you can turn from sin the rest of your life. But if you never turn to God you're just as messed up as you were, probably even worse off, because now you think that you're in a good place, and now you think that, that you're okay. Which is an excellent segue into our next verse. When it said, here we go, you ready for the, the plot twist? You don't have to answer out loud. When it said, which friend are you? Most people relate to one of the, the two guys. <laughs> but there's actually three people in that in that little movie. There's there's the two friends that are arguing about how they should handle whatever it is that's going on, and then there's the blind guy. Um, and I I feel like the the blind guy is is really the person that we relate to the most, uh, especially in the South, especially where we are. Um, as a as a christians uh in in modern day christianity and in, in revelation we see um and all through scripture it talks about spiritual blindness but this one really stood out it, it says you say i am rich i have everything i want i don't need a thing and you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked um what a lot of us don't realize is that that we're the blind guy. We're the people that that don't see. And that's a that's a scary thing. Uh there there are so many of us when somebody tries to correct us, when somebody tries to get us back on that path that it talks about in James, when somebody tries to get us to call out on the name of the Lord or to get away from whatever that sin is, we we snap at them. We we get so self-righteous and we 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 get so defensive, and, and we don't need their help. And the uh, the ironic thing is that, have you ever met a blind guy that didn't accept the fact that he was blind? That's a dead guy. Like, you won't survive. 
If, if you can't see, but you think you can, you're not going to last very long. You're not going to be alive. And that's where a lot of us are. We're, we're spiritually dead. That's where a lot of people are. We're, we're so blind and we don't even realize that, realize that we're blind. We're, we're so far from, from that relationship with Christ, that calling out for salvation, that, that calling out on the name of the Lord. Like we've, we've gotten so good. At, at being good we've gotten so good at, at putting on our our christian stuff and and doing the right thing most of my life when i was well i guess not most of my life now but when i was younger i um i thought church was just sunday and wednesday like i thought the whole god thing was go to church on sunday and go to church on wednesday and then that was pretty much it like you didn't really do anything after that and and unfortunately, that's still the way that it is for most people because of that, that spiritual blindness. We're, we're walking around on the edge of a cliff, and, and we don't even know it. Um, and that's a scary place to be, and, and we see that all throughout Scripture. Like We see even in, in the Gospels where it says, Lord, Lord, we, we prophesied in your name, and we did all of this stuff. And then Jesus is like, get away from me. We don't even know you. Um, and that, that's a scary, scary thing. And and there's there's people that are that are in your life as well that that are blind um, that think that they're not they they think that everything is good they think they're on that path and and that's a hard thing to do like it's so hard to to shout out from a, across the the little canyon or whatever there and say hey you're not on the right path especially to somebody that thinks that they're on the right path because that's a that's a beautiful analogy that's a beautiful example and illustration of the life that we live but but the reality is is that most of the blind people don't realize that they're blind people most of the the people that that we're trying to help most of the people that that we're trying to in, invest our life into and and just to explain who Christ is they don't see the the depravity they don't see the threat because they they're so blind they don't even see that they're blind and and that's hard to illustrate on a video and that's hard to illustrate even in real life and it, it doesn't make sense and and that's the beauty of it i mean like scripture even tells us that it's not going to make sense scripture even illustrates that it's it's not going to be completely understandable to a lot of people but the the biggest issues that we have is is attacking the the real problem we're we're not even addressing the the real issues in life we we go for the easy stuff we go for the hey don't do this or don't do that and instead of doing the the whole deal where where christ came down and and dwelled among us like christ humbled himself and came down and, and walked through life with us. And it, it's a beautiful example of what we should be doing every day. It's a beautiful example of, of not, hey, you shouldn't be doing this, but, but hey, let me tell you about Christ. And the, the Bible tells us all the time that, that people will be drawn to the, the grace that, that God offers, that people will be drawn to that, that love, that, that self-sacrificing love that, that Christ had on the cross. And, and we see that all the time, like, we get so offended when people sin against us like like it would make you mad like when you drive up out here and there's people drinking beer at the church like that's so disrespectful like it it really is like that's just messed up but who gave me the right to be mad like nobody 
gave me the the authority to to be mad and and to be disrespected like the the reality is is that if anybody should be mad it, it's christ when when he was on the cross like we were so disrespectful to him we were so so mean and so blind and so stupid and he said forgive them they don't know what they're doing and so as hard as it is to to walk up on on a situation or or to deal with the people that that are in your life and and to love them even though they're they're being incredibly disrespectful to love them even though they're they're so clearly not on the right path they're so clearly not doing the things that they should be doing it it's so hard to love them like Christ loved them but if if you look at how Christ handled that stuff it it does get a little better it does get a little easier knowing that that we can address the real issue that we can look at it with an eternal perspective and that we can also see that the the sin is not the issue it's that relationship with Christ it's that getting to a place where they can call out in the the last part of the first corinthians verse there it says but you were cleansed you were made holy you were made right with god by calling on the name of the lord jesus christ and that's where we need to be our our focus is is just it's pointless if we're trying to get people to not sin but if, if we can get people to know Christ, if we can see the threat, if we can see and understand that the people that God is putting in your life, the people that you say you care about, are actually in danger of going to hell. If you can realize that, it changes everything. If you can see them the way that God sees them, as a, as a person that he loves, and not somebody that he necessarily just wants to punch in the face like you do, but actually just wants to, to love them and wants to know them, wants to have a relationship with them, it changes everything. And it, it's still not easy all the time, um, but it, it's there. And it, it's not being a part of the problem anymore. Because so often we, we sit by and we just watch blind person after blind person walking off the edge of a cliff thinking, oh, there's nothing I could do about it. But, but you can. Like we are the hands and feet of Christ. We have the privilege and the honor of bringing people back from that ledge. We have the privilege and honor and responsibility to be able to speak truth into the life of so many people that are lost and dying in this world, so many people that are, that are going through such incredibly hard times because they don't know the Savior, because they don't know who Christ is. And, and we have that power. And the, the Bible even tells us like it is the power of the gospel. It's not a, a weak thing. Like it's, it's an incredible opportunity to be a part of God's kingdom. And we miss that all the time because we're, we're not thinking eternal. We don't see the real threats. And we're, we're just constantly letting people walk off of that cliff. But the, the most dangerous thing here and the, the part that scares me the most is whether or not we're actually the blind people. Because if, if we don't have that relationship with Christ, if, if we're not seeking him and we're just all about don't do this and don't do that we might actually be the people that are blind uh, there are so many illustrations in scripture of people who think that they're saved and it's just not so um, and that that scares me more than anything especially for for the city that that we're in especially for the the south like we, we see it all the time but the beautiful part is that by calling out 
on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, there, there's salvation in that and a relationship and an eye-opening experience to, to be able to see. Um, and that's, that's my prayer today for, for each and every person here to, to be able to see, to be able to, to look at the things the way that God looks at them, to be able to see the people in our lives um, that, are, that are suffering and, and not address the irrelevant issues, but to address the, the thing that matters the most, to address the heart. To, to encourage people to be who Christ has encouraged us to be. So let's pray. God, I just thank you for who you are, and I just thank you for, for your powerful words, Lord. And I just pray that, that you would help to open our eyes, Lord. Help us to see the things that you see. Help us to experience the things that you experience. And just to, to be able to invest everything that you've given us into a, a lost and dying world, God. Help us not to address the issues that aren't relevant anymore, but God, help us to just point people towards you. Help us to show people the, the grace and love and mercy that you have for each and every one of us, Lord. And I just pray that, that you would just give us the wisdom and the understanding that it, that it takes to, to be the hands and feet that you've created us to be, God. I just pray that you would just help us and lead us and guide us uh, on that path and, and give us those opportunities. Show us those opportunities. Help us to look for those opportunities to be a part of the solution and, and not to be a part of the problem. We love you. Amen.